KMTT, Kim Mitzion Tetzay Torah. Today is Wednesday, and we have another shiur in the uh, implications, philosophical and achshavti implications of the Sipur Liyakida. And this is Ezra Beck speaking. Last week we discussed first the Rambam and then the Ramban uh, concerning the meaning of the word Nisayon. What is the purpose of a Nisayon? The Ramban to recapitulate the second half of last week's year, the Ramban made the point that the purpose of the Akedah is to go from Menachach El Apol, to bridge the gap between potential and actual. Avam Avinu before the Akedah is a potential Yirei Hashem, and after the Akedah he's an actual Yirei Hashem. The point of the Ramban, though, was why does God wish to accomplish this passage from potential to actual? He said because there's a difference in terms of sachar, there's a difference in terms of reward. God wishes to give Avraham Avinu the reward of having good actions and not merely a good heart. Today I'd like to discuss the approach of Avchaste Kreskas to this question, which on the surface appears to be very similar to the Ramban, but in fact is a major step uh, forward or in any event different uh, beyond what the Ramban was willing, was willing to say. Rav Chastai's discussion of this question appears in the context of Hashkacha, discussion of divine providence, and, and specifically the problem of evil. He's trying to explain why God does, why, why there are bad things in the world, on the assumption that God is actually doing those bad things, responsible for those bad things, so why do they take place? And in that context, he has the following principle. Shehama'asim yaknu tchunot lanefesh v'kol shekein sheyechasku otam im nimtsaim mishekva. That actions strengthen the traits, the personality traits of the soul. Well, first of all, they, they, they instill personality traits into the soul, and all the more so that they fortify or strengthen those traits that are already there. What is he trying to say? In other words, the, the normal or the, the obvious connection between personality traits, between what the Ramban called halev, the heart, and ma'aseh, actions, is that if you have a certain personality, it will express itself in certain actions. So therefore, if Avam Avinu is a Yirei Hashem, if he fears God, or an Ohev Hashem, if he loves God, then this will express itself in certain actions, for instance, a willingness to sacrifice his son. The question that we asked was, why then do you need that? If the trait is already there, and the trait is the is the main thing. The Ramban said, no, the action itself is important because, at least in some sense, we struggle to understand why there is an importance to the actions which express good deeds beyond the good traits themselves. Rav Chastai is reversing the relationship. He's really not interested in actions. There was no special reward and no special appreciation and no special value in doing the good action. What God wishes is, as the Gemara says in one place, Achmana Liba Bai. God desires the heart. 
He desires the tzaddik, the personality of the tzaddik. But what Rav Chastai says is that the relationship between personality traits and actions is reversed. By doing a certain action, you acquire the personality trait which is parallel or relative or would normally be expressed by that action. In other words, you don't give tzedakah because you're a merciful person. You're a merciful person because you give tzedakah. Giving tzedakah makes you into a more merciful person. It's a psychological insight that says that the way to develop a personality is to be engaged in those actions which we normally view as expressing, but here they're not expressing the trait, but in fact they're creating it. Engage in those actions which the personality trait is is a result, part, and normally should be a cause for those particular things. This idea is found in other in other uh, 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 commentaries as well. Uh, for instance, Sefer Achinuch, uh, Sefer which I assume many people have seen, uh, it comes back to this point numerous times. For instance, in Mitzvah Tzedakah, which I just mentioned, the Chinuch says, why did God command us to give, to give Tzedakah? He says, not because God has to have somebody help the, the poor people. If God wants the poor people should be better, then, then let Him give them Tzedakah. He, he can solve the problem in a second. God commands us to give Tzedakah because He wants us to be merciful. And how we become merciful? Not because He tells us to be. You can't make yourself merciful by thinking about it or, or, or simply assimilating the command. Hey, God says, be kind. Okay, I'm not going to be kind. The only way to be kind, to be merciful, to be pitiful, to have feelings for other people, is to do those actions in which you help them. When you help somebody, you become sensitive to his needs. Not if you're sensitive to his needs, then you help him. Psychologically, I think we know it's true. I mean, it's, it's, it's a commonplace, I think, of, of, of practical psychology. Rav Chastai is saying that that is, then he adds the next line in, in what I quoted, he says, and and that's the explanation of the Nisayon. And he makes a very good point in terms of a commentary, in terms of Pashanut on the Pasha. Pasuk says, the Malach, the angel says to Pamavinu, when he stops him from slaughtering his son, he says, Atah yadati now I know that you are a fearer of God. One who fears God. So all the commentaries ask, what do you mean now I know? Before you didn't know. We're talking about God. or his angel. We're talking about God here. God knows that Avraham Avinu is fearful of God before the Akedah. Which in fact was the original question here. And, and in fact, then why does God test him? Only if you don't know, you test. But God does know. He has no need to test. Avraham said, you're right. There's no need to test. So the Ramban said that it's true. The purpose of the test is not to know that he's fearful, but to give him a chance to express it. Rav Chastai says no. The purpose of the test is in effect to know because God does not know that Avraham Avinu is fearful of God before the Akedah because he's not fearful or at least not as fearful as he will be. Before the Akedah, Avraham Avinu is on one level having climbed the mountain, having taken the knife in his hands, having having place the knife poised over the body of Yitzchak, Avraham Avinu is now more dedicated, more a fearer of God or a lover of God if you wish, but it says in the Pasuk a fearer of God. He is more Yerei Elohim than he was before and therefore Atayadati, meaning now it's true and therefore now I know. The knowledge here is not the main thing. The main thing is that you become 
I've made you, I've given you a challenge, and you rose to the challenge, and I chose the word rose on purpose, you rose to the challenge, and therefore you've changed, and I, I now know it as well, and I'm very happy about that. And therefore, everyone, your children, and the world will be blessed because of who you are. In other words, Nisayon is a particular example. We'd say it like this, the word Nisayon is not a test, it's a challenge. The correct translation, according to Avchastai, of the word Nisayon, not that God tested in the classroom sense of the word test, but He tested him in the sense of testing His metal, meaning He challenged him, and the way to pass Nisayon is not to give the right answer, is not to show what you have, but to rise, to, to, to find, discover, and apparently create more than was there beforehand. The principle that, that Chasta is expressing here, while an explanation for an extreme case, the case of the Akedah, is in fact an explanation for life. For how, as I said, it, it appears in the context of a discussion of provenance of Hashkacha. How does God run the world? We'll take a second to explain the opposite. The opposite opinion to Rav Chasta would be that God creates the world and you do anything you want. He punishes you when you do bad things. He rewards you when you do good things. But 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 you're on your own. He told you what to do, perhaps. But you're on your own. Rav Chasta says, no. You don't do anything in the world. What you do in the world is because God actively... At each second, because He loves you, because He wants to better you, it's an action of soul building. God is actively involved in your lifelong education, your lifelong soul building, your lifelong soul development. How will you become a true tzaddik? Not by reading books, only. Not only by reading books and listening to the voice of God in the Torah, but by having experiences. God arranges the experiences. So it could be in the case of Avraham an explicit sense. It says that God says to Avraham, go to, to Haramariah. But I think the point of Avraham is that it's true for what he's coming to explain is why bad things happen in the world in general. You don't need a, a, an act of prophecy, God speaking to you at night. If you walk in the street and you meet a poor person, view it, Avraham says, as a challenge. Now, the, the, the person who's true to himself might say, if I don't feel pity for him, there's no point in my giving him tzedakah. Rav Chasseh says the other way around. If you don't feel pity for him, it's very important that you give him tzedakah. Give him tzedakah, you'll become a more merciful person, a more sensitive person. If you were fully sensitive and merciful now, God wouldn't bother arranging for you to meet the poor person. But because you're not on that level, then God sends you the challenge. And what level is the challenge? It's always going to be slightly beyond your present state. There's, of course, a paradox here. Slightly beyond your present state means slightly beyond your abilities. But it's beyond your abilities, how do you do it? Well, man, apparently, this is what Chazer doesn't say, this I'm adding. Man apparently has the ability to transcend and to superpass himself. That is the nature of man, as it says in at any given point, you are equal to yourself with the potential to be more than yourself. By actually acting, the real world is important. By actually acting in the real world, then you rise to the next level. 
So, here, let's, say, let's compare this to the Ramban. It sounds more or less like the Ramban, but it's different. The Ramban was saying there is a value in the real world itself. God wants good actions and not just good hearts. Mephasa says God wants good hearts, but how does one get a good heart? Only by placing the good heart in the real world. If you would remain in the heavens, God creates a soul and talks to it, the soul doesn't go anywhere. It's static. By being placed in the real world with real experiences, real challenges, the soul begins a journey, a journey of inner growth and development, which is the true desire of God in the creation of the world. There's an interesting, I think, uh, um, consequence of this theory. If this is the meaning of the Akedah, and if this in fact is the meaning of life, then when Avraham Avinu passes the Akedah and becomes a Yirei Elohim, a true, a higher level of Yirei Elohim, then what's going to happen tomorrow? The theory more or less predicates that the next day God will arrange for Avraham Avinu to go on to the next level. Because surely he's not become a infinite Yerelokim. He's not perfect person. Only God is perfect. Avraham Avinu has where to go. And for the very same reason that he went from the ninth trial to the tenth trial, right? Madras says that Eser Nisyonot Avraham Avinu had ten Nisyonot in his life. The Akedah is the tenth. So what was wrong with the ninth? The ninth was fine, but the tenth was the next level. And without knowing the exact list, we don't ever have a, a, a delineated list in Chazal as to what the ten trials were. We know the first, the Lech Lecha, in the beginning of Lech Lecha, and the last, which is the Akedah. But clearly, Akedah was probably, I mean, we know it's harder than the first, and I think it's harder than anyone else, any, any other, if this was the supreme test of Babamino's life. But if he's going to continue to live, then the next step has to be a more difficult Nisayon. In fact, I think that's the meaning of the Medrash. Eser nisyonot nitnasav ramavino. Why ten? The Chazal don't count to ten. It's difficult. Wait a minute, try to figure it out. It, it, sit down with a with a with a chumash, and and find me ten nisyonot. It's not easy to find a ten. There's one in the beginning. Rashi comments that the second nisyon was when he was asked to immediately after getting to Eretz Israel to leave right away and go to Mitzrayim. And after that, it becomes a little bit more difficult to count. Uh, I think the point is that it's not important to count them. Chazal maybe didn't even have a clear counting in their head. Ten means, ten is like the perfect number. Ten means, Avraham Avinu's life is to go, from test to test, from trial to trial, from challenge to challenge. Because that's the meaning, since Avraham Avinu is father to the Jewish people, the meaning of Jewish existence, the meaning of being Oved Hashem, to be a servant of God, is to go from trial to trial, because that's how you develop, otherwise you'll be static. You'll be dead, basically. So I think that's what Chazal is saying, that Avraham Avinu, and, and therefore you, your life consists of to go, lalechet, lech lecha. And where you go from? You go from Nisayon to Nisayon. But then there should be an 11th Nisayon. In fact, Avraham Avinu lives. According to Chazal, Avraham at the time of the Akedah is 137. He has uh, another 45 years to live. What's he going to do in that time? So there's a very interesting midrash that more or less says the following. I'm, I'm telling it over in a little more colloquial language than the original midrash. After the Akedah, Avraham Avinu says to God, I passed, right? 
God says, yeah, Shkayach, did a really good job. So then, Abraham says to God, that means that there's going to be another one, right? God says, of course, I mean, you know, that's what you're for. Abraham says, I would like to request to retire. In other words, and it's an interesting question, I'm discussing in this series the Akedah, not the continuation of the Akedah, but the Medrash says that Avam Avinu chooses to retire from what we've just defined as the meaning of life. The reason being that he's just worn out, he can't do it. The Akedah is beyond my imagination a traumatic experience. So Avam Avinu passes the Akedah and becomes a better person because of it. And doesn't even pay the price because Yitzchak is spared in the end. But nonetheless, Avraham Avinu has had the experience of, of slaughtering him. So he's, he's undergone the transmission, the, 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 um, the transmutation that we described. But he then says to God, In I, I, I can't do this again. I sure you can't do the next step, which will probably be even more difficult. It has to be more difficult. And God grants his request. And that's the meaning that the Medrash gives. There are many, many explanations for this pasuk, but this is the one they're mentioning now. When Abraham was old and, and, and long in days, God blessed him with everything. Bakol. So almost everybody knows the Medrash quoted by Rashi uh, that says that God gave him a daughter. That was the Bakol. The culmination of all blessings to have a daughter after having had two sons. And that's the message that we were taught. Rashi quotes it. I just, I, I can't resist. I know I shouldn't say this, but the, the Medrash Rabbah that brings that Medrash right afterwards has a second opinion by a different Rav, a different Amora, who says the Bakol means that God gave him the blessing that he didn't have a daughter. Okay, two opinions in the Midrash. Rashi chose to quote only the first one, not the second one. Probably he thought it was a better pshat. And what kind of a blessing is it in Rashi's opinion not to have a daughter? One cannot help but remember that Rashi had three daughters. Uh, but I'm just mentioning that. But in any event, to go back to our topic, another opinion in the Midrash is the end of the Midrash that I started to quote. The Bakal meant that God said to him, you will not have any more nisyonot, which is why we don't know anything about the end of Avraham Avinu's life, because there's nothing to tell. If there's no Nisayan, there's nothing to tell. What, do you want to, what, what should I tell you? What books he read? What time he got up in the morning? He didn't do anything important. He didn't grow. No more Nisayan. But, he nonetheless continued to live. Normally, if you don't grow, you die. And you go to Alam Haba, and you rest. Avraham Avinu got to live, and to put it in our language, he had Nachas Menayinuklach. He, he had Nachas. He had his child. He, had, he saw his grandchildren born. When did Avraminu die? A different Medrash, in the beginning of Toldot. And this past week's, uh, uh, this, this coming week's Pasha, that says that Avraminu died on the day that his grandson, Esav, he went out to the field and killed somebody. So he died before that could happen. So he shouldn't see, at least in Olam Haza, he shouldn't see and be, and be sad. In other words, Avraminu had a unique experience, not worthy of being described in the Torah, because it doesn't interest us. It's not part of it being Avinu. It's not a lesson for us. Avraham Avinu's life of Nisayun is a lesson for us. But Avraham Avinu also had a singular reward of living in Olam Haza, enjoying it, but not participating in it, in its difficult, traumatic, and dramatic part, 
which in fact is its essence of going from Nisayon to Nisayon. This, of course, changes our whole attitude towards the Akedah. And Rav Chastai wants us to change our attitude towards the Akedah because he, what he really wants to do in the section that I quoted is to change our attitude towards, towards evil, towards bad things in the world. Why are there earthquakes? Why is there poverty? Why do you suffer poverty? Why does your neighbor suffer poverty? Why are you sick? So Rav, ans- uh, uh, Rav Chastai's answer to this, and I, I'd like to point out before because we're not discussing the problem of evil now, he has a, a more complicated and, 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 and variegated answer. But this point in the answer is that bad things, things which appear to be bad, things which are difficulties, are there so that you can overcome them. Because o- only by overcoming them do you in fact assimilate the trait, the midah, the good midah, the good soul that is able to overcome that problem. To, to pick a, a, a trivial example, one cannot be brave if one has never faced difficulty. You can't be born with bravery and you can't simply say to yourself, I would like to be brave. One becomes brave by meeting challenges and then one is more brave after passing the test than beforehand. So by bravery, it's obvious, I think, because bravery is defined as the trait that one has in the face of danger. There has to exist a danger. But Rav Chastai is saying this is true for almost everything. Because you're being challenged to do that which is greater than you are at present capable of doing. Capable in a simple sense. That's got to hurt. It always hurts to be challenged to do more than you have the power to do. The difference between Avraham Avinu and us was that Avraham Avinu had a... It was difficult to find something to challenge him on his level. Being at a very high level of Yerat Hashem, to get to the next level, you had to ask him to, to slaughter his son. Hey, for me, I think God does the same thing, but on my level, he asked me to get up in the morning and go to Minyan. Now, that also hurts. I'm tired. It, it literally hurts to get out of bed. Of course it hurts. If it was easy, then God would ask me to get up an hour earlier. Just to get up at the time that you're, you can easily do because it's your, it's your personality, you're a good person, therefore you do good things, God's not interested in those good things. He doesn't need those actions as opposed to the Ramban. There is no need for you to express your good soul. God wants you to express your better soul. So whatever's easy, you don't have to do. You won't be asked to do. You'll only be asked to do things which are difficult. And all difficulties involve some amount of, of pain. Some difficulties involve, in fact, moral evil. They involve people being sick or, or suffering or dying. But for you to achieve the level of rachmanut, of bravery, of, forbe- of forbearance, there are all kinds of midot tovot, which can only express themselves and therefore can only be developed when facing things of, of, of evil. So if Chaseh is giving us through the Akedah a picture of Hashkacha in general, meaning of the world in general. And to, to express it in a, in, a, in a more general sense, man is born a baby. Babies are not particularly Rachamim, Rachmanim. They don't have great traits of mercy or of bravery or of forbearance or of understanding or any good traits. They're babies. They're selfish, 
uh, uh, funnels for self-fulfillment. In the simplest sense of self-fulfillment. They want to eat and they want to sleep. How does a person develop a personality? So we might tend to think, how does a child develop a personality? Abkhaste is saying, how does an adult develop a personality? Only by being given experiences. No amount of lecturing will change the, the primitive infant into a sophisticated, I'm speaking now in terms of ethics and midot tovot, a sophisticated human being. Only by having real experiences. If you live on an island in which there are no poor people and no sick people and no suffering, if you live in Gan Eden, the says, you will not be merciful. If you don't have somebody to pity, you will not know how to pity. And nothing can get around it. And therefore, God makes a world which is defective. Because only in the presence of those defects can man or men, individual men, surpass and transcend their present limitations in order to achieve the better state of tomorrow. I would add that I think that's the meaning of the expression Tselem Elohim. Man is created in God's image. What does that mean? We don't actually look like God since God doesn't have an image. So I think what it means is the following, at least in terms of the theory of Avchasek Kriskas. Everything is created according to a certain plan. So dogs are created in the image of dogs. Now what can a dog do? Whatever was in the plans. God is God fulfills the plans fairly accurately. So the building looks like the plans of the building. The the tselem, a dog is created but tselem of a dog. The tselem defines your limitations. It, it also defines what you can do. It defines what you can do and what you can't do. So when God made the dog, he had a tselem. And the tselem said the dog is intelligent, 30 on the IQ scale. The dog can jump two feet in the air. And that's what dogs can do. When God made man, he created him, B'Tselem Elohim. The only plan which defines what man is capable of doing, there is no Tselem Adam. It's Elohim. Man can be always better than what he is. It's not just, it's not just a negative thing. Isn't that God didn't limit man? The positive creation of man, what defines man? What defines man is that he is what defines man is that he can be something else. He can be greater. Which is the reason why we can ask of you to do that which you cannot do. Or, that's not accurate. We can ask of you to do that which you are not at present simply able to do. There's a paradox here. You are equal to a certain level, but you can reach the next level. Man, by definition, is the animal who transcends his own existence. All normally created things are equal to themselves. When I make something, if I make a chair, it's as strong as it is. When God makes an animal, it's also as strong as it is. But when God made man, He made him a tzad He didn't make him as strong as God, but He also didn't make him as strong as He is. He made him with the quality of being stronger than he is, of, of, of being as strong as God, potentially. 
of always surpassing the strength of yesterday and being, lim- being limited by nothing less than, than, than infinity. Which of course is the modern mathematical definition of infinity. A, 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 a number which one can always find a number greater. So the Akedah has served here, or the theory of Avchasta has served, as a transformation of understanding reality. Reality isn't the stage in which you act. Reality is a series of never-ending challenges in which you develop, to which is required an active God, Elohim Nisa, because for each person you have to have the test, the trial, which is his next level. The Mamban that I quoted last week ends with another line, which he quotes for his own reasons, but it's very relevant to this. Mamban says, You should know that God only tests those who he knows will pass the test. Of course, according to the Ramban's theory, that's necessary. God gives a nisayon to he who has the quality, but hasn't expressed it yet. God will not give a test designed to have you do uh, some great deed if you don't have the quality of doing those great deeds. Because the only desire, according to the man, is to change from potentiality to actuality. But according to the Chasta, it's even more true. God gives the test to he who, who, to he for whom the outcome of this test is the next step in his ascent of the ladder. It would be pointless to give a test to someone who couldn't surpass himself that much. It's too far beyond him. It's your next step. God doesn't give Abraham Avinu the Akedah when he's 75. Even though he was a great tzaddik at the time, he was worthy of having God say to him, Lech lecha, God spoke to him and told him that you will be the father of the Jewish people, but he wasn't level, for, he wasn't ready for this. He could surpass himself then. He was able to leave Chavan and go to Eretz Israel, although he was before and merely a Chavani. Now he'll be a going to Eretz Israel. When he gets to Eretz Israel, God will challenge him to go to Mitzrayim. And that will be another step forward for him. But it's the next logical step. God has to be intimately involved all the time with each person. Because we're all being tested in some sense. And to give to each person the right test for his present level so that he can then achieve the next level and be ready and worthy of the test which will which will come after it. That's it for today. And there's a lot to think about in Mavchastai's presentation here because it's truly a revolution in the way we understand our relationship with God and relationship with ourselves. But we will continue in a different, uh, slightly different direction next week. And next week I will speak about a, a, a related idea, somewhat related idea, uh, which is presented in the commentary of the Svatemet to, to the Akedah. Kotov Veshalom.